When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yes, we've got another belter. It's one of the best left backs I've ever played against. <laughs> Definitely the cutest. Uh, Gary Naismith, thanks for coming on, mate. No problem, it's a long time. My dogs was telling me that you were trying to get me on for a while. So. I was, but you patched us. <laughs> you never phoned me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be busy with the job, but now you're at a job. Perfect plenty, time time, plenty of time for you now. How are you, enjoy, how are you enjoying the wee break? I'm bored already, to be honest. It's only yeah. been two weeks. I'm, t- I'm desperate to get back in. Are you going to look to get back in the summer? Yeah, straight away, but... You're in that unfortunate uh, profession that you've got to wait in somebody else losing their job before you can get back in. So that's what I'm really going to have to do. I'm going to have to wait in somebody else, mm-hmm. get in the sack or leaving and then put the CV in and hopefully get an interview get and then talk my way into a job. <laughs> just chilling on the Everton wage just now, huh? I'm past the Everton wage. <laughs> I'm past the Everton wage. Andy, with the boss. Andy Sheffield United, I'm onto the Huddersfield wage now. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go right back to the start. Jamie Carragher and Simon Ferry once said that nobody wants to be a fullback growing up. Is that true for you? Were you a fullback? No, I wasn't. Uh, that was unbelievable. I had, I show these children the trophies. Now I've got trophies for scoring 150, 160 goals a season. I was a centre forward, centre midfielder. I was close to signing for Chelsea, leaving school as a. They played 3 5 2 at the time. Glenn Hoddle was the manager. I was the middle man of the five in the midfield. And I decided I didn't want to move down to England, so it came down to going to Hearts or Hibs. Uh, and my family being jambos, I had to really go to the Hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got in there and within the first week, Walter Kidd was a youth team coach. He says, I think you'll have a career as a left back. I was like, left back? I says, I'm, <laughs> a, I says, I'm a centre mid. <laughs> at the worst, a left mid or I'm a striker. He says, no, you've got to play left back. And 18 months later, I was, I was in the first team as a left back. Did he tell you why he thought you'd be good at left back? Hi, he was. He, he thought that um, as I went up the leagues, he thought I was I wasn't the quickest in, to play in there, and he actually thought I was. I, I seen things quite quickly, and I was a good passer, and I was fit. You know, I maybe wasn't the quickest, but I was fit. So he thought running up and doing the wing. He maybe you know, obviously he played fullback Walter kid. So so I started playing there, and, and to be fair, I actually enjoyed it. You got a lot of the ball. You could see the full game in front of you. Uh, I liked overlap, I liked running. You know, I was one of the few players that actually enjoyed running. Um, so it worked out well. You know, I've got a lot to thank him for. I always have a laugh and a joke with him about that. And See, if you say centre midfield, do you think you maybe never had the career that you went on to have? 
I probably wouldn't have. You know, I did end up playing a lot of games in certain midfield. You know, uh, I played for Scotland a few games in certain midfield. I played for uh, played for Everton for a right few games in midfield, actually, under Walter and Archie, especially when we were struggling near the bottom of the league. And we yeah, must have been struggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we would fit five or six defenders into starting 11 and get a point. Uh, but as you said, family Hearts fans growing up, were you the same? Did you used to go to Tynecastle? I have to be honest, my dad was a big, big Rangers man, and right. I was born a right, well, brought up a Rangers fan, but he could, my dad worked on a Saturday, he could never get me to any of the games, about five or six, my uncle was taking my sister and my cousin that to the games, he's looked, do you want to start coming to the games with us, and I certainly grew into being a Hearts fan, so um, I wasn't born and bred like Lockie, right. but I, I still, I class myself as a Hearts fan now. Uh, who, who, were your, who were your players did you like watching at Hearts? Robbo, I liked John watching Robert's all scoring uh, the goals, uh, I just, and... Luckily enough, still one of my good pals now, you know, if we're playing with him and then uh, I was actually texting him this morning on my way in, so somebody that I keep in touch with. Everyone says you're a top man, is he? Uh, he is. He's given me a lot of good advice, especially in the last couple of weeks when I've lost my job. Um, but even before that, when we are going through the sticky run that we were on, he was on the phone or texting or stuff like that, and uh, no, he's a good, good guy. Brilliant. Uh, started at Hutchie Vale, though. How is that? Why did they do so well? What is it that they do? Is it the coaching? Is it... Again, I was one of the ones that, uh, I was actually lone head and then I went to Tyncastle for three years and obviously Tyncastle and Hutchie are the big, big rivals, eh? it's right. like Hearts and Hibs and it was actually my mum at under 14 says, look, you have to leave tiny Hutchie are better, I was like, I'm not going, she said, no, you're gone, she said, I'm forcing you, you're gone, so I went and signed for Hutchie Vale purely down to my mum and it was, uh, we had an unbelievable team, just one year, we, um, we won every, won every game. I think we won the Scottish Cup final 6 0. And out of that squad, 18 or 20, I, I think 16 signed like YTS way or apprenticeships wow. with senior clubs. Like we had a, a really, really good team. But even then, it shows you how hard that is because there was only really myself that sort of had a, a full career at uh, Big Andy Laurie had a career at He got a few games at Falkirk and stuff like that. But there wasn't, a, there wasn't many out of that team that actually made a a career playing their whole, you know, 15, 20 years. How come Hutchieville do, do so well? Was it just the scout, good scouting, getting boys in? I'm not really sure, but it, it's it's, un, it's uncanny, really. My daughter actually plays for Hutchieville girls' team and she's right. had a few game, uh, games for the women's team, but I don't actually know, but they're, they are the, they're the, they're the top team. You know, if you say to anybody out with Edinburgh, name a, a, a boys' club in Edinburgh, they'll name Hutchieville. Uh -huh. uh, right, so in at Hearts, YTS, how was that coming through as a young boy at Hearts? Tortured? <laughs> Wasn't he too bad actually? The um, as I say, Walter kid, uh, really strict Walter, like really, really strict, you know. But in a good way. We never, we would train in the afternoons. We'd do all the jobs, you know, the washing. We couldn't leave until all the washing was done. Every player only had two sets of kit. We had to wash it, get it dried for the next the day. Um, cleaning boots, uh, putting the covers on the pitch, stuff like that. But very, very thorough Walter. See if you, he wouldn't check your jobs every day. So one of us would go, right, Walter, we've done our jobs, he said, right, away you go. But every now and then he would come say, right, I'm going to check it. And he'd maybe just go on top of like a locker or that, see if there was any dust or anything. He'd keep you there at six o'clock or you'd get running or stuff like that. So you actually learn not to cheat. You'd just done your jobs every day. Um, but that was really, really good. Paul Hegarty, Peter Houston, uh, and then obviously worked into the first team under, under Billy and Jim. Uh, how long was it before you were up to him in the first team? It was quite quick when Bully and Jim came in. Did they uh, like it straight away? I think Bully had tried to get me... He's been places, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, that. 
Aye, I followed on from my East Fife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite, I'm well aware of that. Were you quite the, close to giving that speech as well? No, this time, have you done no. <laughs> no, but I do get what he was on about with the, dis, the disconnect with the fans and the players because it was still there when I went in. You know, it took us a bit of time to actually get everybody as, as, a, as a one. But um, I think Bully and Jim had tried to get me for Falkirk, and then you know, obviously when I was got, I said I was got to go to Hearts and stuff. So. When they got appointed, I was quite happy because I thought they quite liked me. Um, and it was quite uh, quite quickly I was in training with the first team with them. How were they with the first team kids going into training with the first team? They, they, again, are they quite tough on you? Yeah, good and but fun. Uh, you know, I had made a few few games, uh, made a few appearances. I always remember we went to Portugal, I think we were having a break. And I think it went in my head a wee bit, really. Uh, I can't remember, I, I can't actually remember anything I'd done or said of that. But I remember them pulling me in in Portugal and saying, listen, you've went Billy Big thing. They says, you've had 10 games or something and uh, we can quickly just put you back into the reserves as soon as we've brought you back up to the first team. So when we get back, they says, you're on your last chance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were away to St Johnston in a game and I actually scored. And I never really looked back since then, but it was an early indication for me that you, you, know, you didn't take things for granted. Um, and I probably, maybe... I can't remember what it was. I don't know if I wasn't training as hard. I don't know if I was maybe going out as I was going out too much of that. Um, I don't know exactly what it was, but I can remember they weren't happy with me. And I sort of very quickly got told that if I didn't step into line, I would be, I'd boot the picture and freed. Did you like a night out even when you were younger? Huh? What was that? A night out. Did you like a night out when, even when you were I younger? Enjoy I enjoy it. Folks say to me, "What do you do in your? Sp I'm good at all the pub sports, pool, darts, <laughs> dominoes, snooker." <laughs> so. That's how I was brought up, my local village, you know, I came from Lone Head, and that's how you were brought up, you know, we, it was a sort of, we never played golf or anything like that, it was just street sports or into the pub, if you went to meet your dad, he said, look, you can come in with me for a couple of hours, sit there in the corner, and somebody say, look, do you want to give me pool, or do you want to give me darts, or something like that, so, I, and that's what I like, I'm not really a nightclub sort of person, you know, like I, even like when we were at East Fife, uh, I don't know if you can, i never done it at Queen of the South, but when I was at East Fife, one Sunday, I'd take all the players, the directors, everybody through to Lonehead Miners, take them through maybe, get there for one o'clock, the local guys in the pub would run a snooker and pool competition, all the players would get involved, so maybe, for example, Nathan Austin, eh, Nathan Austin or Kevin Smith could get drawn with just a local person as their partner. Right. We'd do that to five or six o'clock, get the local chippy to bring up some pizzas and stuff like that, and then the lads would go away into Edinburgh and the, and the directors and the, and the staff would stay in the Miners Club. Well, so. you get a job, I'm your first time, that sounds like a nasty. Uh, you said you got your chance, 17, uh, the famous game, four hearts, players sent off. What do you remember that? Well, I would probably be the only, I was, that, in the lead up to that game, I was travelling, he played reserve games on a Saturday then, so I was sort of getting taken out of the reserve games to travel with the first team to get the experience. So that was one of the games at Ibrox where I wasn't obviously stripped, so I'm not in the stand, I must have been the only hearts fan that was actually happy, because like the first one, <laughs> so, this, so this is like my reaction up in the stand, so the first one, I can't remember who it was that got sent off in what order, but the first one got sent off and it was a defender, and I thought, we've got to be up against this here. And then the second one got sent off, and I'm sitting thinking, oh my God, this could be about five or six. And then the third one got sent off, and I thought, by the way, I've got a chance of playing the cup game here, because it's automatic suspension, they're all defenders. And then the fourth one got sent off, I was like, Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to be playing, eh? yeah. just to myself. So, um, and that's how it was. Uh, I still call him the gaffer. Jim, Jim pulled me on the, on, the, uh, on the Monday and told me I was going to be playing. And then 
obviously that was my, I'd played the, I'd played the, the year before in the last game against Motherwell, I'd came on as a sub, but that was got to be my first start. I mean, you'd be nervous. <laughs> Shitting myself. And was, was, was Jim Jeffries good at stopping that or was, would he kind of put more pressure on you? They had a unique way, so to speak, in it, Jim and Billy, to build you up about games and that, but for that game... Uh, Celtic in the League Cup, wasn't it? Celtic in the League Cup, playing against De Canio. I knew I was going to be playing against De Canio, right against them. And they had a top team, De Canio, Andres Tom, George Cadet, uh, Simon Donnelly, Jackie McNamara, people like, obviously Scottish players, but good Scottish well, players. And I knew, regardless of who it was, that... Even if they swapped them out, I was going to be playing against a top player, so you're nervous about that. And that probably used up some of my energy, but luckily enough, we got... Well, we had to actually get a big boy, uh, Andy Thorne, up for Wimbledon. At that time, you could just bring somebody up for like a month. Right. He literally flew in, met us and played. <laughs> uh, played in the crazy gamut, went big, big, physical, strong boy, great guy. I've seen him a few, a few times since, and uh, he played... Uh, I think Alan McManus got drafted and he played as well. Uh, and we won 1-0, we Robo scored after extra time. And I had an alright game, but I think because you're, you're 17 and it's against Celtic, I got the man of the match, so... It was one of these, you got that Coca-Cola mountain bike. I've still got it, nobody's ever sat in it. Is that what you got? Uh, I, a mountain yeah. bike, still got like the, the reflect, the reflect the, the spokes, like uh. the big Coca-Cola, still got all the stickers and everything, it's, nobody's ever sat in it. How is it? How is the Canyon playing against them? I actually done all right against him that game, but it was a game with uh, Parkhead playing against him. The boy's got the corner flag. Me and Gary Mackay's running, so he's running the corner flag here. Gary Mackay's running this way, and I'm running this way for the goal to get him. So the two of us have got him, and I can remember Kai shouting, don't film him, don't film him, we've got him, we've got him. So I'm running and ready to smash him, thinking I've got him here, I'm going to smash him. And Kai shouting, don't dive in, don't dive in. So I didn't dive in, so I stood in. He rolled the ball. Flicked it through my legs, nutmegged me, ran off the pitch, got out on the other side. Me and Gary Mackay standing looking at each other, going, where's he gone? He's in on goal, two of us are at the corner flag. Getting off each other. <laughs> so, uh, no, so he, he was a difficult opponent, he was a difficult opponent. But see, getting back to Jim and Bully, this is how they could speak to you. And you wouldn't get away with it now. And you, and I don't think the youngsters these days could could take it. Could so see it, if yeah. you were playing well, right? <laughs> so how it would come in, the gaffer would come in, he'd read the team out on the team sheet. So 1 to 11 then, so it'd be like 1 Rousey, 2 McPherson, 3 Naismith. And in the background, there's a wee tactics board, all the magnets, wee bullies there ready to say so. He would go around the player speaking, right, Geo's want you to do this. So he'd get to me, right? So see if I was going well, it could be like this. See you, son. You're the best left back in Scotland. How you've not been capped for Scotland? It's fucking beyond me. Lad, see if you're struggling today. Just get the ball to him and he'll take us 60 yards up the pitch. And the gaffer, then he turn back. Just go forward, then he pass the ball back. If you pass the ball sideways, I'm taking you off. You have to go forward, right? But see if you were playing bad. <laughs> this is how they would try and build you up. I love it. See you. See you, son. You're money-orientated. Three contracts you've had. Well, I'm telling you, this is your last chance. If you don't play well today, you'll be out the team and you'll be sold. And this is you going out to play a game. They're trying to build you up. Oh, that's tremendous, isn't it? But Did it you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it worked, it? I, it just worked. It just, unbelievably, it just worked for me. You know, I quite liked it. I, I liked the, the sort of black and white manager. Even when I went down to, to Everton, Archie was like that. Black and white. 
came and told you exactly how it was after the game. Didn't hold any grudges. Back in the next day, working day, he said his piece, and you move on and you just train. Have you took any of that into your manager? I didn't speak to them like that. No. <laughs> like you say, because they I don't think they could take it. it. I honestly don't think they would take it now. You know, I think especially at the part-time level and that, you've, you've got to make sure the players are enjoying it and they want to play. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You've got to get the players wanting to play for you because they're earning a lot of money, so they've got to enjoy coming to their work. They've got to make sure that they want to come and, and actually take part and enjoy themselves. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you said, obviously, you got man of the match, you won one nil. Is it, is it hard for a young player? Do you find yourself getting a bit Billy Big Time? I, I can't actually remember, like, I can't remember, like, buying things or that, but I think it would have been more... Um, Maybe no training, training is hard or maybe because um, Billy's daughter Lindsay was similar ages to me, she'd probably say, oh, Gary was here or Gary was there. You know, she knew my circle of friends. So it was probably more things like that. Like that. Um, and I don't think you're aware of it when you're a youngster, but, you know, once they told me that, I quickly, you know, and I sort of, I sort of changed. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I grew up with. But I sort of went into another sort of group of friends, you know, the, the, the friends that I was growing up with that were seven, eight and that were starting, they were going out every night and they were all drinking and all that sort of stuff. And I sort of thought to myself, so I had to sort of detach, still kept in touch with them and occasionally went out with them, but sort, sort of had to make a wee sacrifice. That was probably about the first sacrifice that I had to really make because just thinking about it, it was what I wanted to do. I'd worked hard, you know, I'd came, one of ones lucky enough to come through boys club football and get taken on. And I didn't really want to spoil that opportunity. Uh, brilliant. Uh, after the Celtic game, did you still go out? We, uh, Gary Mackay took me back to a pub in Lonehead. He says, where was all your family? I don't actually think my dad was there. My dad was a long-distance lorry driver, so I don't think he was at the game. My mum had got taken. She couldn't drive. I think Kai said to me, where's all your friends and family? I said, uh, they're back. And I think it was called Brandy's at the time, or Gaffer's. He says, right, go in. He says, eh... Uh, have a shandy, he says, but I'm telling you now, didn't he have any more than that, he says, because you'll be playing again on Saturday, he says, after that performance, you'll be playing again on Saturday, even if all the lads are back, you'll be playing, so I was just about to get out of the car, and he says to me, and do me another thing, he says, did you get any money for making your first start, he says, aye, £2,000, it was in my contract, he says, right, when you get up the road, or in the morning, he says, ask your mum if she wants anything, I says, what do you mean, he says, well, as a thank you to your mum and dad, ask her if she wants anything, right, so, Went and had a shandy, all my family and that. You were got there. steaming, didn't you? No, I never. No, no. I never. <laughs> because like, when the older players, like, you know, we had really some really good senior players yeah, Gary Mackay, Robbo, John Colquhoun, Craig Levine. You know what I mean? So like, you listen, real, to, you them listen to them. So I woke up in the morning, uh, said to my mum, Mum, anything you'd like for the house or that? She says, What do you mean? I said, Well, I've got £2,000. I says, Once you take the tax off of that and the one bonus and stuff like that, I says, I want to treat you to something. I says, anything you want. I says, I'm going to buy you. She says, really? I says, anything you want, Mum. She says, whew. I wouldn't mind a new carpet for the living room. I says, right, fine, we'll go and get it. She says, and see that fireplace that we've got that sort of goes <laughs> up. She says, I wouldn't mind getting that taken out and getting an electric fire. I says, how much are they? She says, well, ah, two or three hundred. I says, aye, right, we'll get that as well. And she says, see if we're actually doing that. <laughs> She says, she says, we'd be as well getting a sofa. I gave in the room a wee licky paint and that. <laughs> Putting up a D-door rail and stuff. 
fucking hell, I want a lad a hundred pound left. A hundred pound I'd left out in 2000, but... Did that feel good to him? Ah, it just felt feel good like... because, just, do you know what? My mum and dad sacrificed a lot. We, we, we didn't have a lot. I always, you know, my mum would get me football boots with the catalogue and pay them up at two pound a week over 52 weeks or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My dad, had to, he, he was a coalman and then he was a... He was a Long distance lorry driver, so he missed a lot of my Scotland games here and that, he missed half of them. Just be working to provide. And we had to rely a lot on friends and family to get me to the training because there was a stage where I was maybe 13, 14. I would maybe be training, and I can't remember all, maybe Monday night, Dundee United, Tuesday night, Hibs, Wednesday night, Boys Club, Thursday night, Rangers, Friday night, Hearts, playing with the school on a Saturday. And my mum couldn't drive and my dad was away, so we relied so much on friends, family boys club coaches and that to get me there so but just to actually say to my mum look there's a wee thank you I, it did feel good brilliant eh did feel good did people with. see people like in the pub and that did they start treating you different once you got in the first team no that's one thing about Lonehead they'd never like see there we, I'll give you an example see there with Queen of the South when the Masters was on there's two parts of the games room in the Miners Club there's a bit through the back you play the pool the darts and the snooker there's a bit through the front where the bar is with the big plasma and stuff like that so we were, we were watching the Masters so I had back Tiger Woods to win, so I wanted to watch the golf. So I've been through, I was watching it on the big screen, and the, the, the regulars stood the back, they, they have the jukebox and that on anyway, just as Tiger was playing. But I still on a job at the time, they all stood up, yeah, getting sacked in the morning, <laughs> sacked. <laughs> you know, it's like that sort of place. And then when I went in and I had lost my job, they says, you never even got sacked in the morning. They said, you got sacked in the evening. <laughs> so oh, it's that no, sort of place, I keep your eye. Because uh, the next season was obviously the iconic season, 1978, uh, sorry, 97-98 Scottish Cup. Played in every round. Did you feel like a proper first team player then? I did. Um, because I was keeping Neil Pointing at the team, you know, Neil Pointing had played at Everton and Oldham and stuff like that, and I knew I had to, it's that one where you know, it keeps you on top of your game, because he was waiting, but he was brilliant, because he's came up the road to play, you know, I don't think they expected me to emerge as quickly, Um, and uh, he's came up the road to play, but oh, what a top, top guy, see like the, just the amount of help, there was never any bitterness in him, even before the cup final, you know, he's put, I think, the Hearts fans have circulated again, he'd done a cup final video on that. That's how he was, you know, he could have been gutted that he wasn't in that 14-man squad. He, he, he filmed it all, he was there to help, he was just a really, really nice guy. So see, if you were like making mistakes and stuff like that, would he help come you. in? Would Aye, he? he wouldn't be one of these older players that would think, that's brilliant, Gaz had a shocker, I'll be in the team next week. He would come in the training pit and say, right, what did you do wrong? He'd say to him, because the first thing he wanted to know is, he wanted to know, did you know what you had done wrong? Yeah. And then when you said to him, he said, well, this is what I would do, I'd have done that, or I'd maybe have tried that, or... So he was good like that, really, really good. Some great older pros, as you mentioned. Uh-huh. I even remember even like Craig Levine, you know, a stupid thing. He was helping out with the reserves at the time, uh, playing it as a fullback. He says, see, sometimes you're not going to be able to just clip the ball to your striker with your left foot. He says, or the, or the striker maybe be coming to uh, shut you down at an angle or, or coming for that side. You maybe need to check onto your right foot. I remember him just getting me cutting inside on my left foot and just chipping. Sorry, cutting inside your right foot. And I ch- so coming in on my left, so the striker's cut the pass down the line, yeah. cutting it on my right, and rather than just trying to blast it with your bad foot, just chipping it like over an imaginary midfielder so that if you did go into your bad foot, you felt comfortable in a game. Just wee things like that. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, like a great training practice or that, but it was something that, as I got on to my career, I actually felt all right. I scored the few yeah, goals. You used to do it all the time, didn't you? I, I didn't mind cutting it onto my right foot. 
Brilliant. It just did a wee little just nuggets and of advice. But they didn't it. need to do that, you know, so yeah. things like that they were really, really good. Uh, how do you look back on the, the Scottish Cup final? Remember going into the game, how you were feeling? Aye, uh, somebody spoke to me about that today. See, they sort of build up and... That's vague for me. I know we went away the start of the week. I know Jim Jeffries named his team. He's starting to live in very early in the week, so I knew I was playing. Did you like that, that you knew you were playing? I, I thought I was going to be playing, but just to know that you're playing was great. He never named the subs, and I was rooming with Grant Murray, and I always felt a wee bit sorry for Grant because he had been in around the team most of the season. He had, I think he had missed the last two or three league games just with... And there was only three subs at that time, and you knew that Robbo was going to be one of the subs. Once the team had been named, you knew Robbo was taking... So there was only two places left for the bench. So I was always... Grant was like my best mate, you know, at the club. And uh, he actually ended up being godfather one of my children. That, and I was just desperate for him. So I actually got as much joy when he got named as one of the subs as I had for when I was playing. Right. So the, the build-up in that was a bit... I can't really remember too much about the game... I remember we started really well. I was one of the only few players that had touched the ball when we got the penalty. Um, I didn't realise how much Rangers had us pinned back till I watched it maybe about a year ago. The last 30 minutes, it was like the Alamo. Waves and waves of attack. I thought it was a stonewall penalty when Big Davy brought, uh, I think it was Alan McCoyston, just outside the box. I thought it was a penalty. And I have to be honest, if that was a penalty, I'm honest enough to say we they got beat because yeah, we, we were gone. Mm. We, were, we were holding on. It was 2-1. Rangers were pushing everything forward. If that game had went extra time, we wouldn't have won the cup. How does Jim Jeffries celebrate after a game like that? He was, uh, he was actually quite calm. You know, <laughs> so he, was, he, he was actually really, really calm. What about before it? Is it? Was it a special team talk or was it just do your I, job? I can't, can't even remember. remember I, honestly, I, I, it's, I, can't, I can remember the semi-final. <laughs> Because oh, well, he just, I, I was scared, babe, because when that, I think Lockie had said when he pinned me to the wall. Oh, yeah. I pinned me, when he came in, Kevin McAllister was, oh, he was on fire. Like, people say to me, who's the best player that you've played against? Kevin McAllister wasn't the best player that I played against, but he gave me one of the top three doings that I got in my whole career. <laughs> what, just tricky? Like? I just couldn't get near him. Like, he had that low sense of gravity, he was on fire that game. I, you know, you're a young boy, you've not really got any experience to fall back on how do you deal with him. He'd, See, like, and that's, if that had happened three or four years later, then I gave him, <laughs> had I hit him one and seen if he'd come back, you know what I mean? But, yeah, they I go tight, they I drop off, they are, oh, Jesus, I didn't know what to do here. So I got in at half time. I always remember, he comes straight for me. Just he had that up. big brow, you know, he's still got it now, even when I see him. Just come and pin me like, if we get fucking beat today, he says, it'll be your fault. Get fucking closer to him. Like, man, he literally had me pinned. The feet were like this. <laughs> I'm being, honestly, lucky wasn't exaggerating. The feet were like this. I was thinking, my God. So you go, I didn't know what to play. Like, I didn't know what the ball to come to us. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, he's not touched the ball. I'm thinking, brilliant. Seven, eight minutes to go. We're one nil up. Anyway, did he no go drifting? Away from me, really, but he picked the ball up and passed one, passed two, passed three, and he fucking scored. And all I could think about was, oh, no, I'm going to have to go in and face him at the end of the game. Anyway, the players bailed me out. We got a couple of goals and we were in the final. And it's no worthy lie. Folk think I said this. I went home. <sighs> I was with Gillian at the time, who's my wife, like now, true, we've been together that long, but I was with Gillian, but I think I was still staying with my mum and dad. And my mum says, what's wrong? You should be over the moon. I said, mum, I didn't want to be a football player anymore. Scottish Cup final, I didn't want to be a football He actually traumatised me that much in that half-time talk that I was actually in the final. I said, I'm not playing. 
<laughs> that's me, I'm finished. <laughs> but I quickly got over it, you know uh, what I mean? But would he pull you after it and say, didn't I worry about it? Or was it just never spoken about it again? No, I never spoke about yeah, it. Yeah. Because that's how he was, <laughs> eh? That was just him. It meant he was a Hearts fan. He wanted to win that much. I remember one time at Easter Road, we were 4-0 up. Uh, and we were just keeping the ball. And he four and a lap, keeping the ball. If, we, if a chance came, it came, but we weren't really trying to go five, six, seven. Anyway, we come off it, he was absolutely raging. And it wasn't until we found out he was in the team that got beat seven nil with Hibs. Oh, and he thought that was the chance for us to get seven back. Right. And we didn't know, you know, he was just passing the ball and just keeping it. So he stuff. went off his nut? Oh, he went off nut? one four nil, went off his nut. <laughs> See, the Falkirk game, is that the maddest you've seen him go? At me. At you, uh, Oh, I've seen him blow up. Uh, who, can you remember one in particular? I've seen him drag Stevie Fulton out the shower. Uh, <laughs> naked, eh? Uh? Aye, naked. <laughs> Why? I've seen some crackers, honestly. <laughs> I've seen Archie get sent to the shower for water. <laughs> Archie not. <laughs> Would anyone have a go back at Jim Jeffries now? No, really. No, no really. Is he scary at her? Aye, but you know what? He's, he's actually a nice man. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a great balance, like... They could scare you, they could put an arm in the boot you, but the biggest thing they had was you wanted to play for them. I, I was still now running through a brick wall for them. Mm. Like I seen them doing at Edinburgh City, I went to watch a few of their games. Ah, you were at your game, like I seen you against them. Uh, I was just, went, just looking for players, because I always think... You wouldn't find any players, that's <laughs> it. But I think there is players in the lower league, you know, so I hadn't seen much of them, so I wanted to go and watch it, and uh, I seen them in that, and... Uh, even now, still gaffer, and when he comes in, you know, I was sitting down, and as he comes in, I was standing up, gaffer. How you get? He still, got still sort of got that authority hand. over me, if you know what I mean. Brilliant. Uh, how was the uh, celebrations after? Uh, Gary Locke spoke about it, bus through Edinburgh, and all that. That, that was in, again health and safety. You wouldn't get away with that. We were on a single decker. We took the the, the like the roof latches off and driving into Gorgie. We were at, the whole team was actually standing on a single decker. Like, and the bus just stopped you. <laughs> Over. Well, you'd have fell onto the fans because there was that money, but that's what I remember. The Sunday was brilliant. They, they, they going through the streets, Edinburgh, a quarter of a million people, but it was actually the Saturday because we didn't know what to expect. We get into Sight Hall, there's a few fans past the fire station, there's a few more fans. Then it started to get busier and busier, and we, and we, and we start to get to Gorgie Road, and like, the bus, it literally couldn't move. It, it could, the, the amount of people, and that was... See, the Sunday, you knew there was going to be, like, a parade. Mm-hmm. We, we weren't prepared for that on the Saturday night. It, I, I think we thought there'd be some people back at the stadium, but we didn't realise how many people were going to be there. Would that have been one of the best moments of your career? Aye, definitely. Like, we had similar with Huddersfield when we got promoted uh, yeah, the players, but so I was, was injured and right? I didn't play, so it didn't mean as much to me. Because I'd played in that, um, but you know what, I probably took it for granted, because, because I was so young, 18 months I'd been playing football, I thought we would just win a cup every year, I thought oh, this is easy, we'll win one next year and the next year and the next year, and I never, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I didn't really take in a lot of what was actually happening. Was your family buzzing as well, obviously they were Hearts fans. Aye, they were buzzing, I went to, uh, actually went up to see them on the, the next day, and they were, they were having a garden party, like all the, all the neighbours and that were around, and my dad had like, always a Rangers fan, had a hat strip on and stuff like that. Like he's, uh, he's one of them, my dad, he's no, he's no longer with us. Uh, we lost, he had uh, lost them two or three years ago to motor neuron disease, but uh, in the cup final we lost 4-3 to Rangers. I was in the squad, but I wasn't stripped. So I gave my dad the hospitality ticket. So obviously Disney know that I'm on the bench, so he's there shirting, shirting, he's got the, the hats tie on. 
So then he finds out that, he, uh, that I'm no strip, takes the tie off, unbuttons, unbuttons his shirt, he's got his ranger strip on. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So he's like, fuck it, I want rangers to win the day. <laughs> Did you give him your medal or that when you won the Scottish Cup? I get the, mum, they weren't the, the, you know, my mum and dad, they weren't really one, they were just like, keep that. The only thing that I've ever done, but I lost my mum as well. I, I, the, I actually gave, I gave my mum my first Scotland cap and, that actually got she got buried with so that's the oh, she went into her coffin really so that she she wanted that she wanted she she wanted to be buried with that so uh, but no they weren't really one for they weren't really one they were just proud of me being the son that I'd actually played for Scotland and and eventually got down to England and played at such a big club and things like that brilliant mate amazing who else was a good laugh in the dressing room obviously Lockie Stevie Fulton Stevie Fulton we had a good team spirit uh, and Lockie was a big big part of that Davey Weir quite a dry sense of humour we call him Cameron uh, Neil McCann good players we had a really I often have this I often have this argument and it's one for the Hearts fans I don't think there's many players for the Hearts Cup final teams after 98 that would have gone into the 98 team like we had a really, you know, that year, not just the league, we, not just the cup, we ran Rangers and Celtic to about six or seven points. Like you're talking about Rangers, Loudrop, Gascoigne, Durant, McCoy, we've mentioned the players at Celtic. We ran them to about the last three or four games of the, of the, of the season, you know what I mean? Like we were there neck and neck going for the league that year as well. So we had a really, really good team. Jim deserves a lot of credit. He went and bought like the better Scottish players with a wee bit of money. He went and bought like Neil McCann, Colin Cameron, he, brought, he, he went and sort of took, if you want, the best players for all the other Scottish clubs and put them together with us. Right. You pick know, one, if you had to pick one, who was the top player in that team? The best player for me was Stevie Fulton, because no matter how bad a game he was having, he would come and take the ball for me and just say, just keep running, it'll come back into your path. And that was generally my game. I could get the ball, feed it into people, run, Get it back and then deliver a decent cross more times than no. So he was a he was but the best player by he had the bit was Big Davy Weir. So underrated it was ridiculous. And what was he just so calm? Just so calm. I didn't really know. Did he help it. you play in centre half next to you? Well I had Paul Ritchie, he didn't help me. The amount of times he put me in the shit saying, Here guys, you take it. <laughs> you take it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't go back the way because Jim Jeffrey says if you go back the way you're coming off so I had to just kick it long <laughs> but Davey Weir had a top class I didn't realise I knew he was a good player at Hearts but I didn't realise until I went to Everton you know he'd done it week in week out he wasn't blessed players. with the greatest pace Davey Weir but no often would you see him getting exposed you know he was a, a top top player right for being young and making these strides did you feel like there was a lot of attention on you then? you start to hear rumours about clubs looking at you uh, Aye, agents there was, there on you? Was, I, I, I was always with the same agent up until I actually went to England. I was with Jim MacArthur for a very young age, so, uh, you know, quite a loyal person. We did have a wee fun out further down the line, but I, I was, you know, you know, Jim done my move down to Everton and stuff like that. He was my agent at heart, so... And there was always rumours about clubs. Uh, I didn't find out until... Um, when I was with Scotland with Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns actually tried made an inquiry to take me to Celtic while I was still at Hearts. But obviously Jim and Billy said, no, no chance, he's no for sale. But I never ever knew that until years later. And then they, they, they circulating the clubs here and there. And what actually happened was I was still with Hearts. We were away with Scotland at the time. And we were away for a 10 day. We were away in San Marino and then we were away to Croatia on the Tuesday night. So I think on the Tuesday or Wednesday before the San Marino game on the Saturday, Jim says the deal's done. 
you've got to Coventry, they've bid 1.5 million, Gordon Strachan, we're going down to meet them the next Thursday that you get home. So there was about a week for the deal being done to about a week till I was going down to, to speak to Gordon Strachan. So played against San Marino, uh, we won 2-0, we didn't score it late on. No surprising because I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we played four three three that night. I was left wing and Matt Elliott was centre forward. We were two defenders, <laughs> <laughs> so we got two late goals anyway. We won. Had a night out in San Marino, which we probably shouldn't have done. Playing Croatia on the Tuesday night, top top team: Yarny, Prozanetsky, Botskic, Suka, Prozanetsky, uh, uh, at the back, like a top top team. <laughs> We Bruni, it was like slagging on. I'm trying to take them down to build us up, you know. Who's that, Craig Brown? Ah, Yarny can't run. Prozanetsky's funny. Suka, he gave him ten chances. He'll no score, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, we played one of your best games for Scotland. We were brilliant as a team that night. We got a one-all draw away. And I didn't, I didn't know at the time. Actually, Knox, who was assistant manager of Scotland, and obviously was assistant manager of Everton. And he had said to Big Davy, which I only found out in the days later, what's happening with Naismith? He says, oh, his deal's done, he comes he's gone. And that's all I'd asked. So we never got back into Glasgow Airport till about three o'clock or something, two or three o'clock on the Wednesday morning. Actually, I was gone down on the Friday. No, I sorry, the Thursday. And Jim phoned me about nine, half nine on the, the Wednesday morning. He says, your deal, uh, the deal's off. I says, what do you mean it's off? I says, we've had this agreed for a year. Uh, for a week, I says, I've not spoke to anybody. I says, how can it be off? He says, oh, Everton's bid a quarter of a million pound more. You've not got permission to go to Coventry. You've got to go down and speak to Everton now. We're going down on Friday. So I was like, fucking Everton. So I'm on the phone to Big Davy, and Davy says, aye, actually asked me. He says, but I never thought anything yet. So what had happened was Archie's obviously got on the phone to Walter, who obviously Walter would have known who I was for the cup final and yeah. playing in Scotland. And he's obviously said, look, Walter, I think we need to try and sign this lad. So, uh, so did you that, ever speak to Gordon Stratton? I never got to speak Stratton to him, that, and I've never spoke to him about it because it wasn't my choice. It wasn't. Hearts just said, "Well, unless Coventry can come up with extra money, you can't go and speak to them." See, when you were at Hearts, was it always your aim to get down to England, or were you, you looking at a state like Rangers? No, I'll tell you this is going on, and I made this public. Hearts at that time were giving people good contracts. I, I can't remember who it was they got the investment for, but I knew that people like. Um, we Mickey, Con Cameron and Stefan Adam and Thomas Flogel and people like that, they were all getting well, then. decent money mm-hmm. for hearts, right? You know. And I didn't I didn't want the same money as them. Because I was still a young player and I knew I wouldn't get it. But I just wanted more than I was on. So when I went in to do a deal with Hearts, Hearts, the board at Hearts at the time said, listen, it's all changing now. The money's sort of dried up you're the first one that's going to have to go. And to be fair, we did sell more players after that. Like, we Colin Cameron went down to Wolves, Wolves I think, and Neil McCann eventually went and stuff like that. So they were true to their words. So they says, so I said, well, that's fine. I says, but I made, a, I made it clear to the fans, I didn't want the fans thinking that I had been greedy or you that I couldn't agree terms or anything like that. So I just made it clear that I had wanted to stay at Hearts because I generally thought, I was still only 20, I thought another year or two will not do me any harm. Uh, but I just made it clear to them that the club had decided to cash in on me. They didn't want me staying and going for nothing. So it was Hearts that decided to sell me rather than me trying to force a move. How was, it? How was Walter Smith when you first met him? 
brilliant. Just such a nice, nice, nice man. Uh, He's got that presence as well. Eh? Presence. Uh, Jim said to him, he said to Jim, I didn't know this until later on, Jim, what are you going to ask for? Jim says, we're thinking of asking for that, and that is a signing on, and that is an add-on, that is an add-on, that is an add-on. But I was like, forget about all that, just ask him to ask for that. And, and Jim's like, he'll never get that. He says, just ask him to ask for that. Jim went in and done it. Deal was done in about two minutes. <laughs> Chief Executive says, what are you wanting? He's listening to what Walter says. He says, eh... Uh, he says, he'll sign, he, he's wanting that, and he says, right, no problem, there you are, four-year deal. What a man, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was cos he Walter. So the eight-bedroom house is doing it all. Did he tell you you were going to play straight away, or was it, was it not like that? Was it come down here and prove yourself, or was it...? No, what had actually happened was the first day, so I've done all this stuff, the medical and that, and I've got back to, I've got back to the training ground, Belfield, the old training ground at that time, and, uh, and uh, I've in their office, and uh, Walter says, we'll start you on the bench tomorrow. Because it was a Friday, I think it got done, we were away to Newcastle. Right. He says, we'll start on the bench tomorrow. And um, I says, right, no problem, Gaffer. Uh, <laughs> and Archie, you know, Archie, just me and Archie. Well, nice, Smith. He says, I'm not putting any pressure on you. But the only other person I told him to sign was Loudrup. I'm <laughs> 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 thinking, I don't know, because I didn't know how to take him, I don't know how to it. And you know, he said it with such a straight face. So anyway, we up to St. James's Park, you know, you can, you've got to imagine this. I'm coming out the heart. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've gone into Everton. You've got people like... Duncan Ferguson, Kevin Campbell, Paul Gascoigne, wow. Mark Hughes. Was Mark Hughes there? Aye, Mark Hughes, you know what I mean? Like, we're, I'm, and I'm, I'm coming down for hearts, 20. Never lifted a weight or anything in my life. Like, just as skinny, skinny as my arm, you know? So anyway, we're on there, and, and at the start of the game, this and that, and I'm just taking it on, you know? Of course, it looks at the picture. <laughs> the away fans are about half a mile away, honestly. Yeah. Like, miles away. So anyway, just 60 minutes, you're on. I was thinking, oh, fuck. So I think I went on his wing back or left midfield. I didn't go on as a left back anyway. Anyway, ball comes to me in, gives it back, I'm up the line, crosses it in. I think Kevin Campbell just scored, so it was an assist. So we beat Newcastle 1 0. We're in the team room in the game. Gaza, Gaza's gone bananas. He's dancing a boot because we've beaten Newcastle. No, it's like just so surreal. <laughs> and then Walter's like, eh, right, we're off to Tuesday. And I'm. I'm back up the road to Scotland thinking, ah, oh, this is easy. Look, <laughs> <laughs> four-year contract, set up the winner, Gazza's dancing about as a teammate, brilliant. And see when, that, see when you have a start like that, do the boys just take tea straight away as well? Aye, it, it, it actually helped because Big Davy was there. 
Richard Goff was there. I didn't know him, but he knew me, so he looks after you playing in Scotland. Scotty Gemmell, I knew for the Scotland. Big Duncan. So there was a good contingent. Alex Cleland, Cleland was there. So we had, we had five or six Scottish lads there, if you know. So that was, that was really, really good. So we had quite an event for my start. I always remember my start at Everton. Done that. And then we... Uh, we... We beat Chelsea at home. Then we went away to Liverpool. And you, I, were you starting these games now, sorry? Did you start at Chelsea? Aye. <laughs> right. Chelsea. Started that, beat them. Then we went away to Liverpool. I think this is the right order. And I was back the park with Tommy Gravison. We'll get to them. And the ball broke. And I slipped. <laughs> and Tommy had to chase back. And t- we brought him down. And he either got a penalty or he got sent off. And we got beat 3-1. Right. Then we beat Arsenal. And then we went, we were doing the bottom way Brad, against Bradford and in the 89th minute, I scored and we beat Bradford 1-0 at Bradford. Uh, so that was like my first five games. So that was when I felt, right, I'm, I'm, in, I'm involved now. You know, I, I, played, I played against Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and then I've scored one and I've set one up. So I, it took me four or five games because you, 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 it's hard to discuss. I'm annoyed these people. You know, I, I'm annoyed. Like, just... I've just mentioned the people it's like wow because you said you had a top team at Hearts but how better was the standard that everybody oh, top players just ridiculous and, like even like Gaza and that he was at the end of his career was he brilliant ah, like, there was one game we played against uh, it was Bolton or Blackburn and that was him towards the end of his career and I came off the pitch thinking wow if that's him at the end of his career I'd have loved to have played with him like at his peak like he was just awesome but even people that know as well known like were good professionals like were uh, Dave Watson who was, he was about Dave Watson and Goffey were 38 and 37 or something at the time, you know. Like, we had other good young players like Michael Ball. Left back. Franny Jeffers. Right. uh, Danny Cadematri. So, we had like a really. So, there were some youngsters that I could sort of mix in with. Uh, and, and, we had, and we had some really good foreign players as well. You ever on the end of Gaza Prank? You see him doing anything funny? Uh, did I see him do anything? Uh, the best story I could tell you about Gaza. With my mum and man, I was in a hotel. Gillian was up the road for the first two or three months. I was in a hotel, and my mum and man he came down to stay with me. Uh, so it was a Thursday afternoon or something, and I said, "I'm going to go for a swim and a sauna." And that mum, you get yourself to the bar, and uh, I'll come and see you in about an hour or something. Right, get yourselves a couple of drinks and put it on the rumble. So as I come out, my mum's there's now about ten empties. Round about the table and Gaza's now sitting with him and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh no. So anyway, cut a long story short, what had happened was Gaza was, the club had refused him any more sleeping tablets and he cut a long story short, he must have got on to my mum and been saying to him, I'm struggling with blah 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 and she says, oh I've got some in the room. And he says, well, you go and get me some of your tablets and I'll buy you a few drinks. <laughs> so, that's right. so he got his sleeping tablets, my mum got sozzled. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And just last bit on Walter Smith. Who could go more mental, Walter Smith or Jim Jeffries? <sighs> I've never seen Walter maybe lose it once or twice, but it, it, was, it was as effective as Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries was more frequent. Mm-hmm. That could come out. That could come out every day for a week. Or it could maybe not come out for two or three weeks. Uh, whereas Walter was very... I've only ever seen it once or twice. Because Everton were struggling at the time, weren't aye, they? Aye, aye, we were. And um, I think a lot of the... Even though they were on great, great money at Everton, I think a lot of the players struggled with Archie's honesty. 
because I had been brought up and the Scottish boys had been brought up with um, just telling it how it is. Youth team managers being uh, the you exact know, same. Like, just the same. I found a lot of the English lads or the foreign lads, they weren't used to just people being so blunt, just saying, you were shite. <laughs> you know, like that, that was effing no good enough and stuff like that. I, I, I think they, I don't Still think they were that. brought up how we were brought up. Uh-huh. So, um, but I, I liked it like that, I liked uh-huh. that. So were you sad to see Walter go? Gutted. I actually remember going up to say him, thanks for bringing me to the club and him and Archie and... Uh, Ah, you do, you do get emotional, you know what I mean? Um, I, I was quite sad, actually, because they were really, really nice people. Um, and Gillian and my wife had got to know their wives and stuff like that at the time. So, I it was because it was, he was a nice man. You know, first, that, the best thing I ever took for Walter was how good a person he was to all the other staff. It didn't matter how we were struggling as a team. It didn't matter if we won or lost or were seven games on the bounce without getting a, a victory. He never ever forgot the staff. He could go into the reception lady, he would remember the husband's name. He said, Did you have a nice silver wedding anniversary? How was your weekend? It, it didn't matter any troubles that he was going through. It never affected his relationship with everybody else. And I, especially when I got into management at both of the clubs that I've been at, that's the something that I've, all, I've always tried to get the what people class as the less important, but they only, they're actually the most, most important. important uh-huh. To then to buy into what you're trying to do as the manager makes a difference. Then, what was the time that you had to send Archie the show? Can you remember it? It was uh, a. <laughs> so we were doing it at Watford. It was a boy, Stephen Hughes, not the one that was at Rangers. It played for Arsenal. Didn't Stephen Hughes Arsenal. a midfielder? And, and, uh, and he was having a go at him about something. And I think Stephen Hughes had tried to. And we were doing it at Watford, and it was a tight changing room. So the metal hampers at that time were were sort of stacked up in the middle. Archie jumped him. He went for him. <laughs> and he had to get pinned back and run him back. And I always remember, because it was Walter called him by name, Archibald! <laughs> Archibald! <laughs> get me that shiver! Not to go in the shiver, but just to go into that area to calm down. No, 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 oh, I was in Archie. Archibald. It was Archie's response, and he just turned the corner. Well, no fucking wonder. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, amazing. Right, David Moyes coming. Did, uh, did the boys take him straight away? He was very, very thorough, the gaffer. I, I was injured, I had a terrible time at Everett injuries. I must have lost about, about my seven and a half years there, I must have lost about two and a half years with serious injuries, like, I mean, three-month injuries, you know, at a time notice. So I was injured when he came in, which didn't help when a new manager comes in. Very, very methodical. Wanted to do, at that time, everything himself. Even to the point, like, on the match day warm-ups, the gaffer took the warm-up himself. No way. The manager of Everton took the warm-up. On the pitch. That's unheard, isn't it? But he was like that, you know, if you speak to him, he would say that. He, w- he was, um, he, he just, I think he needed to know in his mind that everything had been ticked to how he wanted it done. Now, obviously, now as he's gone on, he's, you know, he's, uh, he, uh, uh, and he lets other people do stuff in that. And I can sort of understand it because when I went into East Five, I wanted to do everything myself, you know, but he was at a much higher level. But he, he was very, very thorough. His training was really, really detailed, but good. So, you maybe they crossing and finishing on a Tuesday. A certain practice here crossing and finishing. Maybe it would start with the left back, into the midfield back. Out. But it would all be related to how we were going to play on a Saturday. So when we started doing the shape on the Thursday and Friday, you would actually think, ah, that's why we've done that on the Tuesday. Everything was planned to how we were going to play on the Saturday. Oh, yeah, so did the players did the players like that? I did like it. Um, he was a lot more uh, compared to like Archie and Walter. 
he was a m- lot more like studied set plays a lot more. We were a lot we done spent a lot more time on the routines he set plays. He, he done more video analysis, which everybody done. You know, I think Archie and Walter were. I don't think it's right to say. I don't think it was in thing at that time to watch yeah. a lot of video stuff of your opposition. When you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Whereas he had came in, new ideas, young manager. That was some of the stuff they implemented, um, and we just gradually, it just gradually built the club up bit by bit. He would bring in better, better physios, better uh, dietitians, blah blah blah, and, and we eventually just built ourselves into a really really good club. Was he a, well, was he a, a really top really manager? good team? I shouldn't say a really really good club because Everton's a fantastic club. We built ourselves back into being a really really good team. Would you say he was a top top manager? Aye, I, and I didn't realise how good he was until I actually left. It's one of these where you're at a club, you get caught up in things, and you didn't actually realise the club that you're at, how big they are, never realised how big Everton were. You just go in there for hearts, you're in, you're caught in the bubble, you come out there and think, what a big club that was, I was in. Because it's called the People's Club as well, Uh, isn't it? Uh, Well, that was him that said that. That was a very, very clever thing he said when he came in, he says it's the People's Club, and straight away the fans are in, there's banners about the People's Club and everything like Mm -hmm. that. So he he was a very clever man. Um, But he's a... Aye, he's very, very good manager. Very good manager. Right, your favourite person on open goal, hands down, is Tommy Gravison. Talk us through. Oh, he was some man, the great Dane. The, the, the great Dane with a Scouse accent. Just right. everything, everything you've heard right about him. Honestly, like, he's... Um, about the cars and that. A £250,000 car, didn't he? A £6,000 car, because it was winter. <laughs> you know, that, right, that, 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 that's right. true. Like, he just... He was just... He, he, one of the strongest people I've ever met without actually lifting a weight. Just pin you down. Like, see when he was injured and they were trying to get him in, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he was, were, you, were you quite tight on that? I, I got on well with him. Uh, honestly, I did get on all right with Tommy. We'd sit and play cards on the bus, going to games and stuff like that. And uh, his, his girlfriend at the time, Gita, um, he's no longer with Gita now, but my wife's still friendly with her. And uh, Nicholas Alexanderson's and they still meet, like Juggernaut still go over to Denmark or to Sweden really? to meet them and that. I, the team spirit ever in terms of the wives and that was as good as I've ever known it. Like they, they, there'd be about 10 or 12 of us, an unwritten rule at Everton. If you, if you had a party, whether it was your, a christening or a 30th or your wife's birthday or you were going out for a meal, you fought the bill for that 12. And then when every time they had one, it was a free bar and a free meal and everything for you and started with, and the, and the, who brought that in? It was just like, I'm running like, so like maybe if we went to Big Davies for his like a 30th, or his, like I'm getting that. So then if I was having like a 25th, right, I'm getting that. Or right. if it was somebody's christening, well it's a free. So, you know, it, it works itself around the boot. You know, you, if you spent a hundred, a couple of hundred pound each time, it, it didn't, they? Got it back. It's just, yeah. you know, so. But the team spirit of that, honestly, we, we would go out regularly, the wives would go out their cells, the players would go out their cells, it was, uh, and, and, and as I said, Tommy was part of that, you know, and everybody loved him, but he was just such a stubborn man, you know, if we were practising set plays, me and him were generally on the set plays, and the gaffer would say, right, last one, see if he didn't have a good one, he wouldn't have like that, he'd make us stay out, like he would be saying to the gaffer, we're staying out here, gaffer, I get this right. Oh, I can imagine. And, then, and then if we had to do a bit of running in that, like six, four hundreds, no, I only need four. <laughs> four. <laughs> but he wouldn't care, eh? No, he, but he, he was such a... 
He got away with it. You know what? Because he was that good. Was he that good? Uh-huh. Ah, he was, I've never seen anybody like it in possession. Seeing boxes, he, oh, he never gave the ball away. I know he didn't win games in boxes, but he, and the shots up. up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, me, Tommy, it used to be me and Scotty Gamble against uh, Tommy Gravison and Joe Max Moore. Head tennis. Head tennis. How good is he? Oh, he's incredible. But at the court at Everton, it was sort of like built into like a little right angle so you could get caught in the corner. And the net, like Tommy, I always remember Tommy Servi, bounce it up. So the ball was coming up, he'd jump up and volley it down the way like the serve would come in, like it was in, and then Joe would be doing overhead kicks like American, God damn it! <laughs> you know, like, like, he'd like, could we be pointing for like 20 quid ahead? Yeah, like, yeah. And they, to be fair, they, they generally got the better of me and Scotty, but it'd be like, me and Sc- So we spent a lot of time after training on that, and Tommy, just like, I always remember silly things, you know, like in America when it goes to the line, and they'd, they'd have to go and check the camera. Yeah. Tommy would walk to the line, kid only was picking his head under the, so he'd be like that, and he'd come back. <laughs> you know, like things like that. Like he was like, he was like ahead of the time. So oh, had a lot of good time. Man. See, on the, time. The, you mentioned the cards because he's ended up making a fortune out of poker. You know that? Was he good at cards? Yeah, and he took it serious as well. He always tried to read what you had in that and stuff like that. Did you know right? what I mean? But no, he, he honestly he was a, he was a good good. I, I was really. You know, he, I don't know if anybody tell you this, you know he turned up to sign for Real Madrid in his Everton club suit. He never had another suit. <laughs> he never had a suit. That It was a plain navy suit. That is his Everton club suit. Signed so what, a, you just seen that on the telly? We watched it on the telly because he, he was getting linked to all these clubs and we were like, and shoot, like we knew he was good. We were like, can't, can't he be right? Uh-huh. And he says he's away, he's away to sign for Madrid. And then, like that afternoon, the next day, he's in the navy suit. <laughs> oh, absolutely love it. Uh, another one, Duncan Ferguson. Faddy says it takes takes him a while to let you in, but top man. I really, really, very, very quiet uh, guy. Um, wasn't until I really got to know him, I asked him that. I says, Dunk, like, say for the first two or three weeks, I'll just get a morning or something off of you. He says, guys, he says, I'll tell you what it is. He says, I like to suss people out and I want. I, I, need to, I like to know if I want to be with them or if I, if I want to be their pals or if I didn't. And if I think, hmm, they'll just get a morning or that, he says, so I take, I just suss everybody out. Never had a mobile phone. Nah. Nah, never had a mobile phone. Didn't he really get, so you just send that text and that just gets to that. <laughs> he didn't, he, he was like, you know, he didn't he want bothered once he went home. That was it. But I tell you, he came in a immaculate, because at Rangers it was shirt and tie every day. He came in a immaculately dressed every day. Because uh, even when I went to Everton at the start, he started going in trousers. Walter Natchez had brought that in. You had to go on that, you had to go on with your, I don't think it was shirt and tie, but it was trousers, shoes, shirt or a jumper or that. So I, no jeans and that a lot? I never had anything like that, I had to go and buy stuff. Like, cause I was used to going in with the free feeler gear at the hats. <laughs> I was sponsored with feeler, me and Paul Ritchie. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I had to go and buy the stuff and then that's what, immaculate, I trained well every day, never realised how good a touch and how good a technical player he was until, um, until I actually started training with him. And we would, uh, you seen that in the boxes, I'm learning boxes. On a Friday, we would normally have three boxes A7 or three boxes A8. And you would always start in the same seven or eight. So we had like a rain box, me, Faddy, Big Dunk, Davy Weir, Scotty Gemmell. See when somebody, uh, I always remember like, <laughs> so Moises, somebody had got sold, I can't remember who it was. So the seven of us were in the box. So the other two boxes are starting. And they're about a minute into it, and Davy Moyes would join in one box, and somebody else's staff there, and somebody else the other. So Moyes' box is about a minute on, and he's shouting over, Hey, 
What's going on over there? I've told you to start a minute ago. Big Dunk, you shout back. We're having a minute silence, gaffer. One of our boxes is left. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't do nothing for a minute. We just stood. Because uh, <laughs> one of like, our original boxes had left. But I'll tell you, you would wrap it in. You know like how you hear the Man United player saying that Roy Keane would test you to see if you've got a touch of that? Dunk done the same. And see if you weren't up to it, would he, would he let you know? Aye, and only once I've ever shouted at him. Someone I played a bot on the training pitch. And I shouted, any chance of you moving or something like that? And he started coming down the pitch. Oh, and as he's coming down, I'm going back the way. <laughs> and we've eventually got to a bit. I've said, Dunk, I apologise. Don't you speak to me like that again. You know, it was like... Wow. Is he the main man there or her? At Everton? Ah, yes. He's, listen, he's a... A lot of his stories come up about... He, he's off the field stuff and his aggression and stuff like that. There's a lot of good stuff. Aye, but he, honestly, he? see what he done in the community and that, unbelievable. See the most generous person. See the young boys at Christmas and that. He'd go around, not just the person that looked after him. He'd give them more money if they were going on a Christmas night out. He'd give them money for the group. See if we were going on an end of season trip, and any youngster would go. He'd pay for the whole youngsters oh, trip. Right. But a really, really top player. I don't know if this is true or not, but the rumor goes that. When Newcastle were looking for a striker to play with Alan Shearer, the manager asked Alan Shearer his opinion and they said I'd go and get Duncan Ferguson. And, and if, that's true, as well, you? if yeah. that's true, that's the biggest compliment you can get. How was he at the gym? Ridiculous. Was <laughs> he? Ridiculous strength. And, but see when he took his top off, like ripped, but no like bulging ripped. You know, like, like just really strong, like, you know, I, I never ever, you know, on the bench press you try and get in the 100 club. Mm. I could never get any, I'd get up to about 85 or something. The big man would just do sets of 10, Hunna. He wouldn't even boot your breath, or you know the one where you sit on it and you push it? He'd push the full stack with one hand. Like, they were they lie, like ridiculous strength. I've seen him punching the bag on YouTube and that is. Well, he would take you in the gym, throw you the gloves, he'd put the pad on, say, I'm not going to hit you. He'd have his gloves on, he'd say, You just try and hit me. <laughs> no, because he, he, he liked his boxing, you know, he kept him fit, he liked the hanging. Just seen his reaction. Did he ever stuff. pin you back for No. Never, never. Oh, you'd be down. <laughs> you'd be down. If, I seen him once pin the fitness coach. There was only me and him and the, someone had happened in the fitness, and the French, he was a French fitness coach. He was trying to tell Duncan someone, we were up in the old canteen, and uh, the boy come over and he was like, I, I can't even remember the lad's name, which is terrible. I can't remember his name. Maybe come back to me. He says, look, I don't know what to talk about. And he says, but Duncan, I'm just trying to help you. He said, I'm not what to talk about. So I was sitting, I had just got my, it wasn't a great food at the time, beans on toast or something, so I'm just sitting, and they used to call me Henry. Henry, he says, get him told. He says, I don't even want to speak to him about it. So he then started speaking to me, right? So Dunks then got his thingies and he sat down next to me, and the boys came across to try and speak to him again. So he gave him about four oh. or five warnings, and he says to him, he put the warning, he says, I'm telling you, I don't want to speak about it anyway. Did the boy no try and go speak again? He just pinned his head. To the table, and the boy was a grown man. Stop talking. The boy was like this, the eyes were popping out the heat. I told you I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, tremendous. Amazing. Uh, right, another player I need to ask you about as well some top players you've played by Wayne Rooney. You remember the first time you trained there? Yeah, he was. Uh, he just like what people have said, he just came in. Uh, we heard about obviously this 14 Had you seen him playing the youth team in there? I'd went to watch one game and he was unbelievable. It was like a Saturday morning game, playing at the old training ground, Belfield, and we must have met for some reason. Maybe went for a pre match or something, but I seen a bit of it. And I think Walter Archer tried to get him for a first team game, but he was too young. I think he had to be 16 or something. He was yeah. too young. So we heard all about it. But it, it, it wasn't just like 
he just came in and then sort of grew in. He, he, he came in and for the first day he was the best player. Like at 16. Just used to shell balls, didn't they warm up? <laughs> just he'd be blasting balls as hard as he could. But because I think he had the, um, I think some of his family were boxers, uh, he already had like a unique upper body strength. Like he wasn't, he, he still had like a lot of puppy fat, but he had a lot of strength that as a 16 year old enabled him to play against grown men. So would he get up against you? Ah, he was a strong, strong boy. Aye. And he done, he still done his boxing. He'd be thinking away with Dunk. Big Dunk was sort of gnarling. Stubbs to a lesser extent was sort of like his mentor. They would look after him, keep him right and wrong. I think the gaffer done a really good job. Davey Moyes with him, keeping him out of the public eye as well. Although he'd only get to do certain interviews and stuff like that. I think in the main he got handled really, really, really well. What but, kind of boy is he? He's quite uh, quiet. He'd be... He, well, I seen him at something and he, I had all, he had all his security in that round about him. And uh, he seen me. Like, we're no people that keep in touch, like, we, but he seen me. And he sort of got, he said to Danny Bond, and he sat for half an hour with a couple of beers and that. He's the sort of boy that would come up to, like, I was saying to you, like, the miners, and that would be his perfect day. Mm -hmm. Just sitting in the pub, watching football, playing pool, snooker, having a few pints. Mm -hmm. Aye, he's just a, such a down to earth boy. Top man. Aye. Uh, is he the best you played on? Aye, I think, I think. He was the best. He, he is. He is the best. And also because the other ones that could probably compare them, Gaza, I got them at the end. Because I seen Rooney like emerging. Um, but, no, you're saying I've seen that. Some, I've, when you actually say this, I've played with some, some, Mate, some top players. Your uh, 11 that you've played with could be unbelievable. <laughs> eh? Well, even just that, and I'm, you know. Who else at Everton stands out? Arteta was different class. What a player. Arteta was different class. Pina. I never played with Pina. Oh, did you know that? Just um, <coughs> I got the tail end of Ginola. Did you? Aye. Is that when? He played in front of me. I have to be honest, he didn't really help, with, for you, didn't really help <laughs> with defensively. <laughs> but fighting on the ball, um, oh, Brilliant. Aye. Really, really. He was the one that, he actually taught me how to, or gave me a, really some good advice about in the gym and stuff. You know, like, just silly things that stick in your mind. You know when you're doing dumbbells and you're trying to lift 20s and you're rocking and everything? You're not actually working. He says, just get the weights doing a bit and keep them in close and just actually work the muscles. And so, we stupid, like, I've said that and I think about Craig Levine, it's ridiculous how the wee silly things stay in your mind. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. no, he was, a, he was a top, top professional, but... Good guy as well. Aye. And as I say, well, even just the strikers, that, and I'm doing a disservice, you know, Kevin Campbell, Mark Hughes, Wayne Rooney, Big Dunk, Ridiculous strikers at Everton, brilliant. Uh, Merseyside derbies, how do they compare to an Edinburgh derby? Is it as fierce down there as it is up here? It's as fierce, but I, I, I'll be honest, the Hibs and Hearts is hatred. Mm. Right? It's hatred. Hearts hate Hibs and Hibs hate Hearts. Liverpool and Everton, there's a, there's a dislike, but you can drive, like we could drive up to Anfield for a game. You know how all the fans are congregating round about the bus when you arrive. The mum and the son could have Liverpool strips on and the dad and the daughter could have Everton strips on. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh -huh. and you would see maybe an Everton fan or a scarf in with a Liverpool. Right. You know, so... Whereas that could never you happen. Couldn't, that couldn't happen with Rangers or Celtic or Hibs or Hearts. Did you prefer playing... Do you prefer that where it's noise? Much hate to it them. was the same though, because the build up, you know, the, the fans at the training ground, same for a week, you know, it was, it was all that it mattered about and winning. And to be honest, I never had a great, we only ever beat them once when I was there. We beat them 3 0 at, uh, at Goodison and we got a few draws. 
Uh, but uh, they were a top top. Like they, they were a really good team. You know, like I remember, I remember one game. Uh, just for example, that I'd been injured in the pre-season. I just got back and we were playing a home game. And actually, and Walter says, "Listen, we've got to play. Uh, just last as long as you can." So I was wing back, and Liverpool were playing four four two. Jamie Carragher was right back and Steven Gerrard was right midfield and I was out there myself when they pre-season. <laughs> 54 minutes. I had cramp everywhere. Big toes, calves, thighs, everywhere. I couldn't move 50 more. Oh. <laughs> what was the game that Gerrard smashed you? Was it 2002? I, you know, uh, that was a unbelievable. It was a, listen, it was a bad tackle. He got done after it. He never hurt me a lot. But it actually sparked a big brawl. The best thing about that for me was that all my teammates everybody went and stuck yeah, up for me showed that we had a bit of a team spirit but they so he, Stephen got done for three games and they apologised listen these things happen in football and he's still the best player in England that I played against really? I, and the reason that I say that is there was other people maybe as on an equal at Man United and your Chelsea's and stuff like that but he he was like Liverpool in my opinions one of their very few world class players Mm. Whereas Man United maybe had three, four or five. So he was like the driving force, the heartbeat of that team. So even though we had a few <laughs> a few run-ins, you know, I can still be big enough to say he was the best player. Mm. That the be- not the best player, because I didn't really play against him that much, but the best player that I actually seen help his team. Right. Um, and, that, and that one where he hit me, the, the last... So we're flying out to Portugal, just me and my wife. And we're waiting on somebody boarding the plane. So what, there's a three there, then there's a spare seat. There's a three, the yeah, aisle, a spare seat, me and my wife. Right. So we're doing, who, who are we waiting on here? And I look, it's him. No way. He's walking all the way that He's duty sitting in the seat next to me. Oh, what's the chances, eh? <laughs> so I think his mate swapped. We acknowledged each other, right, you know, and I think his mate swapped there, but he actually ended up. But listen, these things happen in football, you know. There's a few times I've smashed somebody and had to go and apologise for it. Uh, right on to Scotland, mate. Um, made your debut under Craig Brown. How, you said your mum obviously got your first cap. How, how much an honour was it to play for Scotland? Uh, that was the, it's the pinnacle. Is that the pinnacle? Aye, for me, I, listen, you won the Scottish Cup, playing on it ever and all the other stuff, great. But you, you know, you, we're all boys in the street. We all think oh, I'd love to play for my country, and I, and I managed to do it. The only downside was when I actually made my debut, I missed my stag do. Because, well, I got a late call up, so my dad and my best man had organised it. We'd gone down to Newcastle, 40-seater, leaving for the Miners Club, buses full of the drink. They've paid all their hotel and everything, they're away for two days. I says, Dad, I'm... Co- I says, we're cancelling it. No, he says, we're not cancelling it. So they all went and He says, we've got to look, so they're doing the... They're doing the all, all the women and that are saying to them, and whose stag is it? Oh, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so they had the stag... I've not had a stag do. I'm coming, <laughs> I'm, coming, they all went. I'm coming up for 20 years married, I've not had a stag do. Gillian, <laughs> if you're watching this, I'm going to stag do. You're <laughs> But, um, see, making your debut, how good a feeling was it? Was it Craig Brown? How did you find him as well? I got him great with him, and obviously I came to work under him again at Aberdeen. Uh, but no, great. I enjoyed working under him. Um, what type of manager is Craig Brown? Is he tactical now? I, you know what, he's very knowledgeable. Right. I'm not saying so much as he's not so much maybe as tactical as like in depth as like Davy Moyes and that, but as knowledgeable about European players and European that, uh, teams at the time. As, and he had a very good way of not giving you too much information. 
and no trying to scare you, that's what I was trying to say earlier, playing against, he knew we were playing against a world-class team in Croatia, but he went the other way, ah, he can't run as quick as he used to, or he can't, he's, not got, he's not got the mobility as he used to, or so, he, he, would, he would try, listen, you've got to be wary of that, but you know, you'll be able to run off him, or something like that, so he was very good at that, but his knowledge, oh, and you know, whatever you say now, his success at Scotland speaks for itself, yeah. major tournament year, well, Tournament after tournament after tournament, you know, so... And, and loved the night out as well? He did, uh-huh. he did, uh, but nowhere else. You know, we no, I never ever seen Craig Brown have a night out, you know, I would, his staff would sit and have a glass of wine or that, but I could, I played under him for Scotland, I played under him for Aberdeen, I was never on a night out that I seen Craig Brown out with, right. you know, so... But I seemingly liked a night out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bertie Bowles came in and replaced Craig. What was your initial impressions when he got the job? Obviously, because he's pedigree, you're thinking really, really good. And listen, I got him finally, Bertie. He had a problem with me in terms of he always played me or that, but <laughs> he didn't think I treated friendly games as good, as serious as a competitive game. What he said that to you? Ah, he would get me and say, "You need to, you need to play the friendly game how you would play a competitive game." That was a little bit taken aback because I, I played every game for Scotland as though it was my last. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it was because did I baffle you a bit? Ah, a wee bit because like. I, I never ever, to my memory, pulled out of a Scotland game on the Saturday and then played for... Uh, sorry, pulled out for a Scotland game during the week and then played for it. I may be wrong in that, and if I did, it was once or twice. But I never pulled out on a, during the week. Couldn't play for my country and then managed to play for my team on a Saturday. It, it does my head in. You know what I mean? Well, if you, you see players... Then I, the, club, the, the SFA straight away should just invoke the rule. Well, you can't play for your club then if you're not playing for us during the week. It does my... I had 46 caps for Scotland. Gutted I never got into the Hall of Fame. Biggest regret in my career that I never got into the Hall of Fame. And when we were away with Scotland, I think it was maybe Richard Simpson or somebody on the, the SFA then. I was, I was 28. I had 40 caps at 28 and I had pulled out of 40 squads. With injury. I, like, I never actually made it to the pitch. Right. I pulled out of 30 or 40 squads with injury. And that's a, it's the biggest regret because working on, I nearly got a cap or a start every time I was in a squad, I would have been on about 70, 75 caps at the age of 28, so I gutted that I never made the Hall of Fame. It's the biggest regret I've got in my career. There you go, players at pull out, listen to that. Um, how do you look about in Bertie Volksera? What went wrong? Was it just too many players picked? It's difficult to say, you know, we won the playoff game 1-0. One of the best performances we've done. But I think their manager at the time was Dick Advocate. I think it was. Was that the one that Fletch and Faddy done the. Aye, and sort of deflect uh-huh. and it went in. And then. Um, I don't think Dick Advocate. You know, normally when you name a squad for a double header, that's your squad, eh? Unless you put. I think at the time Dick Advocate losing the first game just went, nah, I'm not happy with that. And he brought in about five or six for the under 21s, and I think it was people like Van der Vaart so and was. stuff like that. Yeah. So I think he Schneider thought, and that I'm not happy with that. So he just went out and said, Right, you're coming in and playing. Uh-huh. And then uh, we were getting beat. I got taken off in that game, 6 0. We get- and I remember 6 0. And I looked up at the scoreboard, it was, it was either 59 or 69 minutes. And I think it was uh, Van Nistelrooy and somebody like Clive or Seedorf go up to warm up and I thought to myself this has got to be 10 <laughs> it was just like one of them all the world class players turned up for the night for them mm. 
and they just absolutely battered us. Mm. Battered us. Is that the biggest doing you've had in your career? Aye. Mm. I, 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 and I've been beat there three or four now with Holland as well, but that, getting taken off, I didn't play well. We had won the first game 1-0, you know you're, you're 90 minutes away from qualifying. That was a that was a that was a blow because we also came close to one where we kicked off at five o'clock out here against Italy and we had to win and we'd have got second place. That was so, Walter Smith, innit? And then I think Alec took over and it was the one that they gave the free kick in the 90th minute. That was that was wholeheartedly the best atmosphere I've played in, in my career. It was a five o'clock kickoff against so obviously the fans had been out to the pub and that yeah. the place was rocking. That was the best atmosphere. Is that Perucci that scored that? Aye, and that yeah. was the one where I was actually standing listening to the national anthem thinking, wow, like, wow, mm-hmm. this is a big, big game we're about to play. And we played well. Because people say about that atmosphere here, do you know agree? But you've that got to remember, see them, see them, aye, that, see the major, see the, the tournament before that one. I think Italy, France and Ukraine had got to the quarterfinals and we got them all in our group. That is that campaign, sorry. That is that one. The 2008, and, yeah. we, and we came to within... I think if we had won, we had qualified due to that group, you know, so that was ridiculous. That's when we beat France home and away, you have had Italy, Ukraine, that was a tough, tough group. Yeah. We also got close How to come our, that squad was so good, sorry, because that is a tough group and you came so close. I'm not really, I, I think we had a real, like, club spirit about us, you know, like, Walter uh, had came in. Is it Ali and Tommy? Ali and Tommy, well? brilliant, great backroom staff, loved the training, good bit of banter. Walter was like the figurehead that, that Tommy and Ali actually needed, you know what I mean? Like, just to keep everybody on track, or, or I don't know what some of the things would have been doing, but the, it, it was just a perfect blend of the training and the man management, and then uh, I think Alec came in uh, and just sort of kept that going, and, and he added his own wee bit to it. Again, a very knowledgeable man about European football. Yeah. Um, and... So that, that's my regrets, really. I never qualified for a major tournament for Scotland when we were in a couple of good positions and I never got to the Hall of Fame. Brilliant, mate. What a career. And then you had to go at management, uh, East Fife, Queen of the South. Uh, how did you find it? Is it tough? Yeah, well, I didn't actually... The, the management at Queen of the South just sort of got thrown on me. I was going to go back and play for Lockie at Hearts as, like, a squad player because you had a lot of youngsters. You wanted a wee bit of experience. I'd left Aberdeen. I was going to go back there. Uh, but there was a transfer embargo and it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and we says, well listen, why do you not train much during the week? Go and play at a part-time club. So I went, at the start, I went and trained with East Fife on a Thursday and played for them on a Saturday, hoping that when the embargo got lifted, I was going back to sign for hats. And everybody was a great, fine with that. I was happy at, if I, to go and help the youngsters pass, because you had a lot of youngsters at the time. So, um, did no, sorry, did no bother you going dropping down and playing for East Fife? No, I, I was all right with that. Like folks say, you'll struggle in that. I was all right. Cut a long story short, Robbie Nielsen was in as assistant manager at East Fife at the time. He got the job at Hearts. He says, look, do you want to go as assistant manager? It looked like the transfer embargo wasn't going to get lifted. He says, aye, I will. At that time, East Fife had seven or eight full-time players, people like Liam Buchanan and yeah. it's people uh, Nathan Austin, people like that. So uh, I says, right, I'll do it because it doesn't look like I'm going to get back to Hearts, which would have been the perfect way to finish my career, start and finish at Hearts, but it didn't happen. So anyway, six games into it or something, the manager gets sacked and they says, look, will you take the caretaker? And I won the two games and they says, do you want to take the job? So it sort of got thrown upon me. And I didn't really play for the first five or six months or the first half season. And Heggy that was in with me says, guys, you'd, you'd be better going back and playing. He says, you can easily still play at that level. And I thought, all right, you know what, I'll go back and play. So I actually went back and played 
for like another uh, two seasons. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. And, I, and I, I can honestly say, I never ever once got frustrated about players at part-time level not being able to do things that the players that I'd been used to playing with, I never ever got frustrated. What was frustrating was maybe you had a session planned for 16 and somebody would phone you at 6 o'clock and say, Gaffer, there's been a gas leak, I can't get away. Mm-hmm. So you're in down to 15 and you're trying to change your session as you go or somebody turning up at 7 o'clock. They were the th- but eventually you become used to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I generally felt at the East Fife one, there was a disconnect with the board, the fan. I had to get everybody back together. I had to get all the volunteers, because there's a lot of, lot of volunteers at Queen of the South and East Fife that do a lot of, lot of work that get nothing. I had to try and get them involved. So, and we eventually got that. There was a lot of debt at East Fife at the time. We thought, you know, I had to make sure all the players had joined the PFA, because I didn't really this to the player. I thought at one stage we might be going into administration. And then eventually we got into the playoffs, didn't it? weren't successful, and then we won the league, we sold Nathan Austin, and we had sort of cleared the debt a bit. Well, right. we had cleared the majority of the debt. And then it just, at that time, Queen of the South came calling, and I just thought it was the right time to go into full-time. I knew it was going to be a difficult job. Because of their budget and stuff Budget like that, and, yeah. and, 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 and the size of the squad and stuff like that. And it was a team that I think they had lost eight in the bounce, so I was going into a team that had, they had a lot of experienced players, but... Um, Long confidence. Long confidence. And then, and that was a challenge because you were going in to manage exper- players that were maybe, like Dell was only a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. Had like, Queen of the South legend and uh, Stephen Doby and people like that. So that was another challenge for myself, having to learn to go in and how to deal, how with, to, how to deal with older players. Yeah. That's a great ground, isn't it, you've had it? Well, that's right. Listen, I'm disappointed that I lost my job. You know, I don't think I deserve to lose my job because I think in the main I've done a good job at Queen of the South. Um, but I'm 40. I've been the manager 250 games. You know, it's a it's great experience. And, uh, you know, something will turn up. You know, whether it's another job as a manager, whether it's maybe an assistant to somebody I know, whether it's a, 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 a decent-sized club as a, as, a, as a reserve manager, something will... You you know, I want to be a manager. And, you yeah. know, they say when you go in your coaching badges... What do you, I, I want to be a manager, but sometimes managers' jobs are hard to come by. You need to take and a step I back. You maybe yeah, need to yeah. take a sideways step just to keep yourself in football, go and learn, you know. I often think about this. If I went as an assistant manager at a, at a bigger club where you're more in charge of the training, well, at, to be at the East Fife and Queen of the South, you know, I, I shared that. I, mm. I let the assistant manager, Dougie or Laurie Ellis, take the a good bit because I like to stand back in the early part of the week and I like to watch it I like to see who's at it who's no stuff like that but as the assistant manager you're more involved with the training you're rather than, the, coaching than that so maybe that would be a good thing you know what I mean so I'm open to anything really I'm guys it's been anything. absolutely brilliant loved it thanks right. very much mate cheers thanks Talk very on. much deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.